right, jabronis, we're back. Another week down. Another billion weeks to go. Welcome back to the Libretti Podcast Diary Show. I am Libretti. Hope everyone had a good week. I went down the shore last weekend for the first time. I haven't been to the Jersey Shore since I was a kid. Like a like a mine or a ute. This is my first time going down as an adult. And it was awesome. I met up with my old childhood friend, Dave Bowser. We had a great time. We hit the beach for a few hours. We rode bicycles around to hit different bars and, and eateries around the shores, the shore points. It was awesome. I, it felt good. And it was not one of those like sleazy areas where it's just gym tan laundry all the time. Uh, it was a good family-friendly area, so absolute blast. Uh, I must have eaten like a gallon of ice cream. One day, we just rode bikes to different ice cream parlors and just ice cream sandwich, ice cream sandwich, banana split, waffles and ice cream, you name it. We crushed it. It was great. Good times. I exercise after and before, of course. You're riding bicycles. You're burning calories. You got to intake, you know, restore your glycogen. So we needed ice cream, and it was a good time, and I hope you guys had a good week too. Now, before we get into the good stuff today, there is some, uh, it's not angry, it's not angry crap, but it's angry, I don't know. Um, first things first, uh, Queen Elizabeth, this is the big, the big news of the past week, was that the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, finally passed away at the age of 329 years old. The last living survivor of the Revolutionary War finally passed away, um, and everybody's talking about it. I personally don't give a crap about the royal family, like the celebrity behind it. Uh, I don't know. One thing, and I know this is going to be like problematic for some people who are just like, oh, she did all this good stuff for the country. I'm sure she did. I don't pay attention to the politics of the king and queen of England. Oh, we got some technical difficulties. Stand by. All right, we're back. Uh, where the hell was I? Hot take time. That's right. Um, I I don't care about the politics of being the queen. It's very impressive that she held the queenship for seventy plus years. She, you know, there's a there is a. I'll give her the credit. There's a huge weight that gets tossed on top of you at the age of twenty five to become queen of England. Now, you know. Power-wise and politically speaking, there's debatable how much work they actually do, especially nowadays they do virtually nothing uh, politically, you know. But back in the day, I'm sure she'd had to do more. There was a lot of responsibilities. Um, she was born into it, I guess. Uh, so you got to give her credit for that. But I, towards the more present day, since I've been alive, um, she hasn't been that great of a human being. And that's what my problem is. With this and with every, you know, what everyone say, oh, she's so great. Every time somebody big dies, no matter who they are, what they did, if they had some sort of celebrity behind them in a good way at all, you know, uh, an actor, an athlete, uh, most politicians, royalty, obviously, no matter what, as soon as they die, they're a saint. Everybody loves them. They were so great. They'll be such so greatly missed. And people quickly forget that 
you know, some of these people are just not good towards the end of their lives. I mean, this first of all, this lady married her cousin. So for a while, the king before that old bastard croaked, I don't know, I don't even remember who it was, King Lear, I don't know. He was her cousin, first cousin. So that's another, that's a problem right off the bat, that this whole uh, royalty thing is all just a giant incest swingers party. All right? Not to mention the fact that she has been sort of harboring and, and maintaining silence. She's taken the route of the Vatican, I guess, on this one with her with her son, Prince Andrew the pedophile. Mum was the word on that. He's still out and about doing J.O. to children. And then how many times did she let Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell on some of their properties, some of the royal properties, so they can go gallivanting about while they're running the biggest, most sinister child sex trafficking ring known to man. And let's not forget how she had her daughter-in-law killed, if you want to put the tinfoil hats on. So, tough, tough loss for England, I guess. That this lady is no longer in power, or whatever she was. Rest in peace. Now Hillary Clinton needs to find a new role model, I guess. So, good riddance to bad rubbish. Long live the queen. All right, another thing that's getting me hot, and I bitched about it a little bit last week when we talked about old Nancy Pelosi, so this is not on the political side. This is more on the corruption side of things in politics. Again, I don't care what your political views are. I'm sure we have a lot more in common than people think. Uh, That's usually how it goes. There's a lot more common ground when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, than differences. It's just that the media and the politicians, uh, they prey on the differences and try to, you know, separate us, divide us. So I talked about old bag with old bag titties, Nancy Pelosi and her insider trading shenaniganry. And I get an article sent to me by a fan and it and it does a deep dive. Now, I didn't I haven't finished a full report on this yet, but I'm going to give you the quick how you doing of the, the all the Congress members who beat the S&P 500 last year in the stock market, 2021. I'm going to pop the, I'll pop the graphic up right here for a couple seconds so you can see. You don't have to memorize the names or anything. It's an interesting graphic because it shows you the different political parties that they are, one side, of, you know, left or right, red or blue, whatever, because apparently there's only two ways to think in this in this country. That's the list of the Congress members, congressmen and women who beat the S&P 500, the index, in 2021. 35 people on that list. 35 members of Congress beat the S&P. Now, how many hedge funds did that last year? Hedge funds, to remind everybody, are, are giant organizations of people who get paid a shit ton of money to beat the stock market every year, to beat the S&P, see what they can do, okay? They, that's how they make their, their bread and butter is, on, is trying to beat it. Last year, 2021, three major hedge funds, hedge funds, not head funds, hedge funds beat it. So of all the, all the companies and organizations out there that get paid and that's their career 
to try to beat the S&P every year, only three did it. However, 35 congressmen beat it last year. 35. They're not stockbrokers. They're not super intelligent genius investors. This is not their job. They're not even qualified for the job they have in Congress. All you have to do is have a pulse and be a sleazebag, apparently, and you become a congressman or woman. So I guess maybe they are qualified for that. 35 of them beat it. Some of them, that dude Austin Scott obliterated the S&P by like five times the amount. Absolutely demolished it. And it's riddled with you know red and blue. Mitch McConnell, Dan Crenshaw, who I like. One-eyed Willie over there was a, is a war veteran. Got medals actually fighting the war and not being a draft dodger like Bill Clinton. He's doing it. He's up there with, with old fumbags Pelosi. And again, I don't care about your political opinions. I'm trying to just call out the shenanigans and the bullshit and the corruption here. I almost want to do a whole episode on it. I know nobody wants to listen to that. I don't even want to listen to it. But this report is just incredible how it how it annotates all the people doing this this bullshit in Congress and the Senate. How they're getting away with it. What major legislation is going on right after they make their stock moves. Coincidentally, how positively it affects their stock moves. I mean, some of these guys are up 500%. And this is, a, this is supposed to be a hobby for them. Their full-time job is, is to be in Congress, in the government, working for us, apparently. So this I just want, that's all I wanted to do. I want to highlight the bullshit and corruption and the hypocrisy going on right under our noses. I mean, look at some of these people on there. This one guy, French Hill. Another one, Debbie Dingle. This is who's running our country for us. French Hill and Debbie Dingle. Debbie Dingle. And they're crushing the S&P with the insider trading. Crushing it. Debbie Dingle. Demolishing the S&P. Unbelievable. Who names their kid French? French Hill. I'm a congressman. I'm French. It might be a guy. It might be a gal. I don't even know. It's just unbelievable that these people get... There's no accountability. They pay a small fine if they fail to disclose their stock moves, their filings within 45 days of making those moves. They have a month and a half to disclose every time they make a move. And if they don't disclose it in that time period, they get fined like a couple hundred bucks. Which is not even a drop in the bucket for the money they're making off of that. I mean, they should have 10 days to disclose every stock move they make. And if they don't disclose it in 10 days, they have to forfeit 10, uh, 50% of that stock, of that move. Whatever they won, even if they lost 50% of the losings, you got to pay that much back to the government. They, they won't have to worry about student loan interest being paid anymore. They'll make money off of that, off of the fines. It's just unbelievable how these people were voted in to help our country, to lead us and govern our, our citizens, 
And this is what they're spending their time on. Becoming hundred millionaires. It's just despicable. If we acted the way our government acts, we would be arrested. And that's not a personal opinion. That's a fact. If I pulled the same crap that the people in our government pull on a regular basis, and they do it out in the open, mind you, taking classified information, insider trading deals, collusions, sending the FBI on people for no reason, wiretapping citizens. We would go to jail for life for all that stuff. And they're doing it publicly and bragging about it. This is, this is what I bitch. This is why I bitch about this stuff, because it's, it's happening right under our noses, and, and nobody in the media seems to care. And these people care so little about us. It's almost like they're doing it on purpose just to show, oh, look at these idiots. We can literally get away with anything, and they're not doing anything about it. In fact, they're going to vote us back in. Nancy Pelosi has been in the government since JFK was alive. Okay? She's a Skeletor, and she's worth over $100 million playing us for suckers because she knows she's going to get voted in year in and year out. It's despicable. That's all I have to say about that for this week. I don't, I, I'm not going to do a full episode. I, I mean, I can. I could do many episodes, but that's not what this show's about. This show's about fun and learning and, and, and positivity and trying to be better people. So take the lesson out of this. Don't just don't be a shitty person. Follow the follow the big three. Number two, the big three. Don't be like these people. These people fell from grace. They used to be good, and they got a they got a taste of that corrupt life and how sweet it is. And they fell they fell hard. It's a far fall from the top, I guess, because now they're in the you know working for the dark side and it's bad. And I I hope they turn the I hope they turn a new leaf and figure it out. And get better for the good of this country because it's uh, it's a shame. It's a mess. All right. Back to the positives. I got a decent tan. I'm a little spotted up here because I used some sunscreen spray. How you doing on me? And I got a little spotty because I was sloppy with it. I didn't care that much. I just wanted to get out there and enjoy the beach. So that's what you get. Now I look like a Dalmatian with a German Shepherd nose. And that's... That's how you do it. But with that, get into the goods, and we'll step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by Bloomy's Booty Banaka. We all have stinky, disgusting buttholes and crotch daddies because nobody likes to wipe well or wash their undercarriages. And we do everything in our power to mask our lack of hygiene. Well, Bloomies has the final solution for all your crotchal calamities. With an easy-to-carry spray bottle, you can store your Bloomies in your tactical fanny pack. Then when you catch a whiff of yourself while sitting on the subway, you can whip it out and give yourself a quick spray in your crotch and crack, eliminating any lingering odors. So to get a bottle of Bloomies today, visit www perineumperfume.com and use the promo code ANALAXE for 2.9% off your first bottle. Here's an interesting fact. 
Bloomies is fake. But there is a lotion out there that's real. I saw a commercial for this nice lady not only talks about this cream, but virtually demonstrates how to use it and tells you, put it between your cheeks and in your taint, and your nifkin, and it, it eliminates odor. Here's the craziest part of that. If you haven't seen the commercial, they have a study out there. They, they, they talk about, fire off some study numbers saying that within, I don't know, 10 minutes of you washing in the shower, maybe it's a couple hours, your undercarriage stinks again. Your crotch smells like shit again. But with their product, their lotion that you that you slot in between your crack, like a credit card reader, and in your in, underneath your ball bag and your and your labials, you'll have odor-free days within the crotch for the rest of the day, up to twelve hours. They said they did a study on that. Imagine. Walking into one of those experiment factories where you get money to do studies, and that's what you have to do. They need a, a, a hundred people to rub this lotion in their assholes, and then somebody with a lab coat has to stick their their face down there and smell it up to 12 hours later. And then they, they present their findings on how bad you smell. This is what we're doing in this country, folks. No wonder the government is is playing fast and loose with insider trading and not showing up to actual work and being corrupt. Because they know we're out to lunch, too. We're busy sniffing dirty, smelly lotion assholes. <laughs> we have to be better, too, guys. Okay. We can't fight against a corrupt government if we don't have self-accountability. Get your noses out of other people's assholes. Stop doing these studies and get after what's important in life. But if you don't have time to do that and wash and be hygienic, buy some bloomies. Whatever. Stupid sponsors. All right, Cage Fact. This is another update. In the life of Nick Cage, I think congratulations are in order. I guess with death brings new life. The Revolutionary War hero, Queen Elizabeth, passes on. And Nick Cage's daughter is birthed this past week. Her name is August Francesca Coppola Cage. Now, despite what you may think, it is she is not named after my sister, Francesca She's named after August, which is Nick Cage's father, August Coppola, and his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola, who recently changed his name. He's now referred to as Francesco Coppola, so he just took the female version of that and slapped an A at the end. He put a little dingleberry at the end of the O and made it an A, and now it's Francesca Coppola Cage. So congratulations, baby and mother are doing well. This is his third kid, first with with uh, Rico Shibata or whatever her name is. So now Nico and Rico have a new baby daughter. Congratulations all around. So that's the cage fact. All right, let's move on into the into the good good stuff. Spin on over into the junction with the logo up. 
We got a good one today. We got an interesting one. A hot list of hot babes. That's it. Hot babes in sports movies. Okay? I put it to you, the audience. Scratching my head here over in YouTubeville. That's why I look like a moron. I always look like a moron, so sorry, but not sorry. I put it to you guys to give me your opinion on the hottest babes in a sports movie. Who your favorite is, who you think the hottest babe is. Guy or gal, doesn't matter, babe, what you consider a babe, and then we're going to present it here and uh, and talk about them. So without further ado, we might as well just get right into it because that's what people want to hear about, not about me bitching about other bullshit in, in life. So the first one here, this is a great one. I didn't even think about it, uh, but this first submission was Brooke Langton in The Replacements. Now, I don't remember her name in the movie. It might have been Brooke that might be her real name in real life, but she was the bartender who was also the head of the cheerleading team for the replacements uh, that ended up doing a makeout sesh with Shane Falco, which was played by uh, Matrix. Keanu Reeves, that's it. Um, she's awesome. Uh, total babe. A complete um, dark horse, if you will, as far as top-tier babes in sports movies because I, I completely forgot about uh, her in that movie. And honestly, too, I got to give it to him. Uh, Keanu Reeves was pretty babish in that movie, too. He was younger, fit, fit to fight, throwing footballs around, scraping barnacles off. It was a good movie. Um, so that that was a good submission. This guy also submitted uh, Amy Adams in The Fighter. Now, I don't disagree with him. Amy Adams is a total babe in that movie. So is Marky Mark. Uh, so So good on him as well. But right off the bat, in Grand Junction fashion, when asked for the hottest, babe, your opinion on the hottest, uh, you pick more than one, um, and that's this the that's how we that's how we do it here. There's never there's never one answer, uh, and it, and it's it's not to dog on the people who gave more than one answer. It's actually to highlight the fact that no matter how silly the topic may seem to people. If you if you think critically and thoroughly and objectively, there's more nuance and complexity to these issues than you think, or these situations, these topics. This is why we do these thought exercises. This is why we have these discussions. Get people's muscle memory going into thinking about things other than just quick right off the bat emotion. So thank you to everybody who provided more than one answer and like a list and a bunch of people, mostly everybody, gave a list of their top and why they were the top. And it was very thorough. Uh, it was an impressive impressive result, for lack of a better term. So thank you guys for that. So Amy Adams and Brooke Langton uh, from this fella here. Uh, one person also put in um, Gina Davis from League of Their Own. Now, I actually got a lot of submissions of people in League of Their Own. So we're going to get into all of them. But Gina Davis was the main character. She was the catcher. She was the one who can push back to uh, Jimmy Dugan, who did not make the list for some some reason or another, uh, played by Thomas Hanks. But uh, she was a total babe. Tall, assertive, independent, dominant. Uh, so a real babe in this one. Now another one from League of Their Own that was submitted was Rosie O'Donnell. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, but 
you like what you like. Personally, I would have picked Marla Hooch over Rosie because I find it way more attractive when someone can just belt out a couple of home run skis through a gymnasium window with ease than some some big mouth with a New York accent, even though that's pretty much my entire family. Uh, so I would have gone with Marla Hooch in that one, but somebody picked Rosie O'Donnell, so good for them. Uh, thank you for that submission. Um, another one here is, I don't remember the name of the of the girl. I'm sure somebody will comment and remind me. I think I had it written down, but I forgot I lost it. I don't know. Uh, but the chick from Varsity Blues, excuse me, the lady, excuse me, from Varsity Blues uh, who does the whipped cream bikini. Don't remember her name. She was a total babe. Not my top five or ten because she was just sort of like a side character, uh, but good on her. In fact, I would argue, and this is not a sports movie, so it doesn't really count, but I would argue that Captain America, uh, when he starred in Not Another Teen Movie, I believe his whipped cream bikini to be a little bit sexier and babish than this chicken varsity blues, but it's still a top, you know, it's still a pretty good look. Pretty babish move right there. So thank you for that submission. All right. Next on the list here is, and this is uh, one I completely expected, but I'll, I'll, I'll give my, my thoughts in a second here. Susan Sarandon from Bull Durham. I forgot her name, Hattie Mae Pierce or whatever the hell her name was in in Bull Durham. And this person wrote, you know, uh, she had an incredible knowledge of the game. And she was a babe, yada, yada, yada. Here's the thing about Susan Sarandon. The most attractive quality she had, uh, objectively speaking, in that movie was her her knowledge of the game and, and how to use uh, the brain and, and the emotions to be a mentally tougher baseball player and to be smarter out there and more cunning out there on the field. That was what she brought to the table, objectively speaking. As far as what made her quote-unquote babish and hot. She was just, she was a slut. And I love that. Because Kevin Costner was a slut in it too, and so was Tim Robbins. They were all sluts, and that's what made them all hot in the movie. But as far as an actual, like, physically attractive babe, and she had it going on, undeniable, I'd, I'd vehemently disagree with Susan Sarandon being a top five, or even maybe a top ten babe in a sports movie. I just think there are too many other hunks and, and hotties out there that overshadow her and, and definitely surpass her. But because she was loosey-goosey with it, legs always open, uh, she got, you know, people like that. I'm actually surprised Kevin Costner and Tim Robinson didn't get on that list because they were a little loosey-goosey too. They got awfully wooly in that movie. So, uh, But thank you for that submission. I don't, I don't agree, but that's what, we're, that's what we love doing here. We like hearing differing opinions and learning and growing from them. If I didn't get that feedback, that submission from someone, I would have never even rem- remembered that she had a, 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 a mental prowess about the, her knowledge of baseball. And that's very impressive and very attractive, frankly. So thank you for that submission. I appreciate it. Now, this next submission was presented to me by... Almost dozens of people. And if we had to put it to a vote as far as how many of you submitted, you know, names of hotties and babes, 
this one would win. This would be the number one babe according to the fan vote if we did it that way, like a tally, a poll. And that was Jessica Beale and Summer Catch. This was at first presented to me by my good brother and, and a guest of the show, Brandon Roper Hubbard. Blew my mind. when he As soon as he mentioned that in his submission, I, my brain immediately went back to that pool scene in Summer Catch. I never even remember the, the rest of the movie. I know Freddie Prinze was in it, Freddie Prinze Jr., and that tall, skinny, goofy dude who was in Scream and Scooby-Doo. So was Freddie Prince Jr., actually. But I don't remember exactly anything about the movie other than Jessica Biel on that pool scene. So thank you for that submission. In fact, Family Show Terrence put that in there as well, if I remember correctly. Just a, She's an all-time hottie. Uh, all around every movie. I mean, did you see her in Chuck and Larry? That's not a sports movie, but holy Toledo. You know, and everyone is probably like, oh, you know, Justin Timberlake, good for him. He's rocking it. Of course, Justin Timberlake gets to marry her. He's He got lucky because she is, she is top quality smoke and she can have whoever she wants and he's lucky to have her. It's not the other way around. I love JT. He's a skilled uh, professional. But Jessica Biel was tops. So that was a wild submission. The second place on the voting, and I'm sure you can probably guess who I'm going to say, but the second place as far as how many people submitted this name is Wendy Peppercorn of the Sandlot. Now, if I, if I had to go shot in the dark, I would have guessed Wendy Peppercorn would have been the most popular right off the bat, but a lot of people just came in hot with the Jessica Biel submission, so it was very, it was neck and neck, Jessica Biel won, but Wendy Peppercorn is is an all-time sports movie hottie. Everything about her, even how they portrayed her in the movie, like on the ivory tower as a lifeguard, just feats above everybody else. I mean, she was lotioning and oiling and just total babe, total babe. So much so that it 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 rendered the entire Sandlot team useless and ineffective. They couldn't function at the sight of her. And what did she say? Three lines the entire movie? Three total words maybe? And she had that kind of effect to the point where everybody remembers her. And maybe you can give credit to Squints on that one. Because he couldn't stop talking about her and, and googly-eyeing over her and probably doing a ton of J.O. It's the summertime. Your parents are still working, and you're just starching tube socks over there and glossing over your, your glasses. So maybe it was him. To his credit, he, he blasted her to the, to the top of the precipice there as far as uh, babedom goes in sports movies. But uh, she was he's wild. Wendy Peppercorn. She was. If you didn't have a crush on Wendy Peppercorn when you first watched that movie, The Sandlot, I don't know what to tell you guys. I'm sorry, but all right. Thank you for that submission from everybody who submitted it. Uh, the next one on this list. Here's a crazy. This is a crazy one because she was secretly in in a different sports movie that I don't think people realize. And this was brought to my attention by family show Terrence. Again, this is why I appreciate the fan submissions. And this is, this is just uh, 
proving that people use their brains. People can use their brains in an effective, critically thinking manner, and it brings out the best in every topic we talk about. And this is, you know, just another example of that. His submission was Julie the Cat Gaffney from D2 the Mighty Ducks and, and then the future Mighty Ducks movies as she was in maybe the third one. But she was also Becky from the movie Rookie of the Year. And I'm sure some of you are probably sitting there listening to this now and be like, oh, I knew that. Because everybody knows it in hindsight. Oh, I knew that the whole time. But I completely forgot, and I don't mind admitting it. I completely forgot that she was in that movie first before she was in D2, The Mighty Ducks. And Terrence actually uh, billed her when he submitted his, his names as Becky from Rookie of the Year and Julie the Cat Gaffney from Mighty Ducks. Because he knew. And as soon as I saw that, I mind blown. Because he was right. I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me remember that until that happened, until he told me that. And that's another incredible, incredible babe. I liked her as Julie the Cat Gaffney. I wish she got more of a shot behind the net. But that fat, now recovering meth head Goldberg was blocking the entire net with his fatness at the time. So you couldn't not go with Goldberg. Uh, so, you know, Julia had to take a back seat until the the very end there where she blocked Triple D glove side and they won the they won the Junior Olympics against Iceland. So that's a great submission. Becky from Rookie of the Year. She I mean, and if you look at her now, still a babe. Still a babe. So great submission, T. Great work on that. Another Terrence submission. And another mind blowing uh I don't know how to. I'm. I'm. I'm an idiot. So I. I can't figure out how to phrase things effectively sometimes. But this was just more further proof that that Terrence's brain is fire on all cylinders when it came to this topic, and it's not just using emotions and a quick "how you doing." Mrs. McKay from D Two, The Mighty Ducks, the teacher, another babe, another '90s era babe. Maybe it was too early 2000s. I think it was 90s, though. I think Mrs. McKay was a 90s-era sports movie hottie. Uh, hotter, way better than Emilio Estevez, who was also a hottie in his own right, even though he temporarily went to the dark side in D2, where he went to slick back hair and, uh, and you know, was a distraction and a fire in a barrel. But Mrs. McKay, total babe. So another great submission, another dark horse in the babe community. Now... Another League of Their Own submission. We're moving on here, folks, in, c- in case you couldn't tell. Another League of Their Own submission here. All the way May, Madonna's character. I'm actually surprised more people didn't didn't submit her name. Maybe people forgot about the fact that Madonna was in the, uh, in the movie. I think she was the one helping that one player learn how to read, and she was making her read some sex novel about milky wad breasts, but all the way May, big time babe back in the day. She's now 165 years old, Madonna, and she's still looking uh, younger. She looks about 65, 62 maybe, and she's, you know, she's the second oldest next to Queen Elizabeth. So good on all the way May for that one. That was another great submission. And another, this listen, 
these submissions are coming out of left field, but they are spot on when you think about them. And I'll pop pictures up if I haven't done so already, if I haven't said so already. I'll be popping pictures up in YouTube land of these submissions to, to jog people's memories of what these babes looked like. But this submission here, Miss Montgomery from the Big Green. I think she was like a teacher, coach, or whatever from the movie. I don't even remember the, most of the movie. I remember Babe Hamilton Porter was in the movie, and he stepped in in goat crap or cow crap on the field, and that they faced off against Ranch Wilder's team, Ranch Wilder from Angels in the Outfield. And that's all I remember from that movie. And then I miss Montgomery, another Terrence submission. Just absolutely incredible submission. She was also a hottie if you look at it. Go back and watch these films, guys. I'm telling you, we are missing out on a lot of babes. Ranch Wilder was one of them. What a hunk. With that cleft chin. Or chin cleft, whatever it's called. Not cleft. Maybe it's maybe it's cleft. I don't know. The, chin, the butt chin, like a Tom Brady butt chin. He had it all. I'm actually surprised nobody mentioned anybody from Angels in the Outfield. You had Tony Danza in that movie. You had Matthew McConaughey. You had Brenda Fricker, the homeless lady from Home Alone 2. I mean, stacked cast. The the father, what the hell was his name? Not Danny Glover. Ah, crap. He's a hunk. Mulrooney, Dermot Mulrooney. Bam, smashed it. Hunk. That movie is loaded with, with babes. We missed that one, but Mrs. Montgomery is a is an incredible an incredible submission. So thanks for that one. Moving on down the list, we got a couple from Little Giants. One of them, Patty Floyd. Pretty obvious answer if you're talking about Little Giants specifically. Um, she was a total babe in the movie. Go check it out. I'm surprised another hunk, another babe did not get mentioned in that movie, Al Bundy. Uh, Danny O'Shea's brother, Pat O'Shea. Is it Pat? I don't remember his name. That's not Pat. Mike. I forgot. Somebody will help me out in the comments. I'm sure they'll fix it and and, and uh, jog my memory on that. But Al Bundy was also, he was a stud. He wore those baseball pants that were shorts. The baseball polyester shorts fabric. He had uh, not not icebox. The other guy, Spike. Spike's dad also was rocking them with a flat top. These guys were studs for for coaches of a of a pee wee football team. But Patty Floyd took it all in that one, as far as uh, adult babes. And then another submission, not just Patty Floyd from Little Giants. But Junior Floyd from Little Giants, who I believe also played uh, the lead male character in Casper the Friendly Ghost. And he was a stud, and Icebox had a mega crush on him in the movie. And he threw toilet paper and footballs and, and slung it all around for the whole movie, and people were going gaga over him. So two great submissions from another classic sports movie. Moving on over to another submission. I'm very not good at segues. I'm just looking at my list. I'm trying to get down the list expeditiously and make sure I don't miss anything, and I'm just terrible at segues. Good good thing 
I'm most of the time just sitting here by myself like an asshole talking to myself and I'm not interrupting like I usually do when I interview people. I just interrupt the whole time because I'm terrible at it. But anyway, segueing over to the next submission, we got Allison Duty from Major League Two. Now, that's the actress's real name. Go look her up. I'll post a picture of her up here. But she might be the most underrated sports movie hottie in the game. Nobody talks about her. She played Flannery in Major League Two, which was another hunk, another sports movie babe, Charlie Sheen's girlfriend throughout most of the movie until the end where he told her to take a hike. She was a mega babe. She still is. Given I'm I'm trying not trying to take credit away from her, absolute mega babe, bodacious, just hot. I mean, oh, I'm I'm getting the vapors just thinking about her. She was also the Nazi chick, Nazi gal in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's the one where Harrison Ford and Sean Connery both slept with her, and. And Indiana found out that his dad borked the same girls him. They they were not just father and son, but Eskimo brothers when they were both tied up in that room and it was and it was getting set on fire. She talks when she sleeps. She's a Nazi. That's Allison Duty. Mega babe. Most underrated in in sports movie babe history. I think without a doubt. I would argue without a doubt she's the most underrated and le- and least talked about, and she's one of the best, the best in the game. She might be a top five for me. If I had a rank in, in priority order, she might be a top five. But what a submission there. That blew my mind. I couldn't believe I forgot about it too. And she's one of the hottest to ever do it. So great submission there. Other notable uh, honorable mentions in the Major League community, Willie Mays Hayes, uh, Wesley Snipes, Hunk, Mega Babe. Um, The girl that Charlie Sheen ended up with in Major League Two, she was also babish. Roger Dorn's wife was a Mega Babe in the first Major League. Roger Dorn was pretty hunky after he toughened up and was able to take those those ground balls at third base. So... uh, Good movie all the way around. Rene Russo was in it. Another babe. Not a lot of people submitted on those. Actually, nobody submitted any of those names, which is surprising. But again, a lot of babes and a lot of sports movies. I get it. We can't get to all of them. So, understandable. Segwaying over <laughs> to the next, uh, the next movie. We got a couple Rocky submissions from the Rocky movies. First, obviously, is Rocky. Top tier babe. Top tier hunk. Apollo Creed was in there from the from the first three Rockies. Nobody mentioned Mickey. I'm a little surprised. He had that sort of old, wise attraction to him that I think people missed. But rest in power, Mick. Uh, nobody picked Paulie, obviously. Paulie's a fat. Good for him. Uh, another one, though, another submission in the Rocky uh, saga is Drago's wife from Rocky Four, who actually was Sylvester Stallone's real wife at the time they filmed that movie. I forgot her real name. I'll remember it after I record, of course. But she became a train wreck. 
She was on that Flavor of Love show, I think, where she was on drugs and trying to do sex with Flavor Flav. So talk about a far fall from the top. Sylvester Stallone to that little flea of a man. Tough, tough look for her. Nielsen, Bridget Nielsen. Bam, I did it again. This brain is firing, baby. We are firing here, folks. Anyway, she was hot in Rocky Four. And there's just something this this guy submitted there in his submission. There's something about a babe who can slap me up a bit that just gets me hot and bothered in a good way. So that's that couldn't be you know more true. So thank you for that submission. Um, what else we got here? We got some hotlines. My submission before we get to the hotlines. All these are are choice. These are great submissions. Every single one of them. But mine, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, this is where my bias comes in, and I'm admitting to it, but this, again, is personal preference. Objectively speaking, this is not what I would probably pick, but my favorite and hottest babe in sports movies has to be Marissa Tomei in The Wrestler. Has to be Marissa Tomei in The Wrestler. Not only was she in that sports movie, she flashes her bag of sand as a stripper. Both bags, even. So you get to see the love of my life in doing something that I love the most in this world next to sports, and that's stripping. And she's doing it in that movie. And doing it for uh, Mickey Rourke, the wrestler himself, all roided up and getting ready to die out there. That has to be my, that's my, my favorite all-time sports movie, babe. It's Marissa Tomei. And I think Bone Crusher Maloney, VIP guest of the show, he also felt uh, a similar way. Excuse me, because he submitted that as well. So that's mine. Again, that's biased. All these submissions here on this list here on my computer, if you're looking in YouTubeville, um, they're all top quality, top-notch choice picks. Every name mentioned is choice. But if we're going, you know, personal preference, it's not even a question. Not even a question. Marissa Tomei. I, and Marissa Tomei now, at 78 years old, whatever she is, I'm still taking her over every other babe. I can't help it. I can't help it. Love of my life. Soulmate. All right. We got some hotline responses. So I'll pop these up and... Uh, and we'll see what these people have to say. I don't even know if all of them are for this hot babe submission, so we'll find out. Papa Joe, we fucking love you, man. We listen to your podcast every day in the taxi. Keep it real, brother. All right. I don't know who that was. Papa Joe, Paw Patrol? But that's a great call. That makes me feel good that somebody's listening in their taxi or the back seat or whatever they said. Um, keep up the good work. So thank you for that, caller. I, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Whoever that was, that's awesome. Um, that makes me feel good that, that we're having a positive effect here. So um, really a special call. I'm going to save that one. So we'll move before I get all uh, choked up and have to go work out to pretend to be tough. I'm going to move on to the next call here. And see if uh, see what we got going on here. Hey, John, uh, 
looking at the Instagrams and your posts, uh, I would say the the beefiest beefcake of all the movies. Uh, I think it would, he has to be Rosie O'Donnell in uh, A League of Their Own. He is just super hunky. I don't know who would not love him. Take him. There you go. Another another vote for Rosie O'Donnell. This time as a as a him, um, still a babe, hunky babe, beefy. Again, I I go Marla Hooch over Rosie, but it's personal preference, folks. It's whatever you like, and this person loves him some good old fashioned Rosie O'Donnell. So good on you. All right, I think we got one more call here. Let's see what we got. Hey, Libretti Diapery uh, Diary Show. Uh, I was calling, wondering to get your input on should Pete Rose be inducted into the MLB Hall of Fame? Not sure if this is a question for the Junction or just you, but I think that uh, the Junction would have some great input from all the uh, special guests that you've had on and their knowledge of uh, all baseball matters. Uh, honestly, I just want to hear from everybody else, not really just you. So uh, I have my opinions on the matter, but I would love to get some additional thoughts. Thank you so much, and uh, God bless the Libretti uh, Podcast Diarrhea Show. All right, thank you. Thank you for that. The Diarrhea Show aims to please always. Um, that's a great question. I... I know my answer without a doubt, um, but that would be a great topic. I will put that out to, to you guys, the, the fans, um, one of these days here to get your feedback. Uh, that'd be a great hotline uh, submission, too, if you guys want to answer in the hotline, uh, 202-670-1114, uh, to provide your thoughts on that, especially the guys that listen in who are baseball fans and baseball players. Um, that know the game of baseball and can appreciate uh, Pete Rose a little bit uh, differently than just a just a straight up fan. So that would be great. That's a great idea. Thank you for that call. Uh, we'll make that happen soon enough. But I do definitely have my thoughts. I would love to hear everybody else's opinion as well. So thank you for that. All right, I think that's it. I'm going through the list here. That's all we got from these submissions and hotline calls for this topic. This was great. A lot of submissions. A lot. I don't know if you can see on my list here. You can't see crap on here. I'm trying to zoom in. This is almost a full page of submissions, if you're looking over in YouTubeville, of people who, who chimed in with feedback. And this is just I don't if if I came if I got a Jessica Beale submission, I only wrote it once on this list. So she popped up, you know, oh, dozens of times. Oh I would have had pages and pages of notes if I kept writing down everybody who submitted, you know, uh, redundant repeat babes. So this is great. I really appreciate the feedback. This is a fun one. And again, this proves the lesson. This this just goes to show you, you can find any topic as silly and stupid and ridiculous as it may sound, and you apply the same logic and, and thought-provoking uh, effort into these topics, no matter what they are, and you're going to get good results. And this is why we do this, to prove that it's not just when thinking about serious things or stupid things. It's 
This is a, a mindset shift that we want to have for the entire Junction and LPDS universe and, and beyond. To think objectively and critically and analyzing every aspect of the topic before coming up with your own opinion based on those facts that you've gathered and the research that you've done. And you guys have proven uh, that you can do it in space. This was awesome. So thank you for that. Before we go, of course, we got to bring it all back to the three pillars, the big three, the pillars and the foundation of this show and of being a better, happier, more positive, less stressful human being in your life. Number one, exercise every day. Doesn't matter what it is. I told you, I, I went down the shore. We, we rode bicycles everywhere. I can't even speak. We rode bicycles everywhere. Burned a lot of calories. Got a lot of miles in on the bikes. We were beach cruising. That's what we were doing. We got a quick workout in beforehand, but then we then we finished the fight with, with bike riding. It was easy. And we were doing, you know, otherwise lazy things, sitting at bars, eating food, laying at the beach, but exercising in between to get it in. And we felt better about it for sure. Mentally, physically, and emotionally. So exercise every day. Number two, the hardest one, don't be a shitty person. Really, it's be a good person. I always say don't be a shitty. I, I, I should probably switch it to the more positive side. Uh, I'll get there. But the easiest thing we can do, we can go back to Queen Elizabeth as the example, is just to dog on her for harboring pedophiles and killing her daughter-in-law and marrying her cousin. Or we could take the step back and think about the good she did and what she had to deal with What is it? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. She had to put that shit on when she was 25 years old. I don't even want to tell you what I was doing at 25 years old. I was not ruling a country as a queen. That's for damn sure. I couldn't even get my car to start at 25, let alone run a country smoothly. So switch the mindset. Think positively. Forget about the negative stuff. Before you go decide to be a shitty person, take the step back. Don't be a hypocrite like me. And forget about it. Just don't do it. Just don't post the shittiness. Let it go. Because once you post it, it, it doesn't go away. And now you're responding to shitty with shitty, and that's not how you, that's not how you get rid of shit. You just doubled shit. You just doubled down on negative and you created more negative in the world. So there's whatever you thought you were doing to fix the problem or or mitigate it didn't work. So don't be a shitty person. Be a good person. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. All the good stuff. Thank God. I didn't I didn't get born into a royal family. I have to take on that responsibility and and just be under the microscope for the next 70 years. That's unbelievable. I could never do that. Thank God I didn't have to do that. I don't ever have to do that. Wild stuff. Rest in power, queen. Long live the queen. But be grateful for the good you have in your lives or the good you don't have, like that. The fact that I don't have to deal with royalty 
that's a good in my in my my book my little five page notebook here so be grateful for all that good shit you got going on and 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 consciously think about it take the step back each day and think about it that's the important thing because if you're sitting back and you actually think about just one thing now it's in your head and you can actually be grateful for it as opposed to saying, oh, yeah, I'm grateful for everything and then not consciously thinking about it. That's how you start to lead down the road of taking things for granted. And we don't want to do that. Okay, We want to get away from that. We have good lives, most of us, if not all of us listening. We want to be appreciative of that and understand the, the, the gravity of that and how, how awesome it is. So... That's the big three. That's now all I got. Now I'm done. You don't have to listen to me anymore. We had a good time. This is a great show, great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, let me know what your feedback is on it, if you liked it or disliked it. And uh, we'll hopefully do more of these, more of these fun, silly, entertaining topics to keep the brain moving and the cogs and the wheel spinning, baby. Thank you guys again for listening. Like and subscribe and call the hotline, 202-670-1114 for whatever reason. Call the hotline, leave it, feedback, ask questions, tell me I suck, whatever you got to do. Thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.